0: I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Deacon Tim Dickus and his wife, Julie, in the studio, and we are going to talk about the um, de- life of a deacon, uh, being a deacon's wife. They have a really interesting story, and they're really just a sweet couple, so I hope you'll stay with us for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald in for a little Biblical Bites with Dr. B. I'm going to not sing it this time.
1: You're not going to sing it this time? <laughs> no. But speaking of singing, sing singing... singing? Um, the way you said "Digging Tim Dickus and his wife, Julie. <gasps> what is it? I'm
0: thinking... Um, Jetsons. Yes, Meet the Jetsons. Meet George
1: Jetson, his wife, like, Judy. Judy. Anyway.
0: It's Judy, though.
1: But I don't know, but Julie, Judy, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, all right. Yeah, thanks old for enough that. We're to remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, is that the only question I'm going to get Julie right young. today, too? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I gave it to you, so... You, yeah, you. thanks. You... So, um... Today's gospel, Renee. You were going to study ahead, and I did you not. Should've. I never do. You and should've. I thought
0: last week was such a train wreck. I should maybe study up, and then last I week didn't. Was a any...
1: disaster. Go go was... go back and rewatch last week's biblical yes. books, folks. It's I was it's a disaster. Spot on. Bill didn't help you out either. No, Bill, Bill normally can. He's he's your phone a friend, and
0: <laughs> he was not my friend. <laughs> Today's not going to be any
1: better. Okay. I'm sorry.
0: He also so, did not study up.
1: <laughs> um, do you do you remember? This is I'll just do you remember. What, where, where Jesus moved to sort of his home base of operations when he was beginning his public ministry in Galilee. Do you, do you, I know, oh, it's a, come on, reach for it. It's there.
0: You can do it. I know it's not Nazareth.
1: No, no, correct. He moves from Nazareth. He does a little bit, of pre, but he, he, he relocates.
0: Jerusalem? No. Nope.
1: No, in Galilee. Bill? Dunno. Capernaum. Uh, of course.
0: I didn't know he like relocated So basically,
1: there. yeah. So so this is how um, Mark's gospel begins. This is still chapter one of Mark's gospel because Mark just hits the ground running. Then they came, so Jesus and some of his disciples, Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, then they came to Capernaum and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. People are astonished at his teaching. There's a man with unclean spirit. He does an exorcism. What is this new no teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And his fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee is how it closes then. So, yeah, he he relocated, if you will, made Capernaum the hub of operations. Okay. So for a variety of reasons. One, um, he in so doing, he's fulfilling uh, sort of a, a prophecy that was in Isaiah, because Galilee in the north, this had been um, overrun during the life of the prophet Isaiah, around the seventh, eighth century BC ish, by the Assyrians. We talked okay. about the Assyrians last week. Do you mm-hmm. remember why? Because their capital city, the, the capital oh. of Assyria was. Hidubba. Yes, redemption. I learned redemption. something from last week. <laughs> um, so the Assyrians had basically come in and conquered this area. Uh, brought in Gentiles, so it's called it Galilee of the Gentiles. Okay, uh, there's still Jews living there, but but it's 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 kind of a dark. So yes,
0: was Nazareth in Galilee?
1: Nazareth is also in Galilee. Okay, um, but Capernaum is more identified. So there's a uh, the land of Zebulun and Nephtali, two of the tribes of Israel. Okay. Um, Remember which I think Zebulun is more of where, where Nazareth is, um, what 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 um, geographers archaeologists call lower Galilee. Capernaum is right on the Sea of Galilee, uh, and it's in upper Galilee and uh, the land of Nephtali. So, so there's fulfillment of sort of a prophecy in Isaiah that the a light will come okay. to the gloom and doom, if you will, right? Um, so as I just said, Capernaum is on the Sea of Galilee. It's on the northwest corner of the, it's a, it's a sea town, um, on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. Why might that be important, do you think?
0: cuz that's where he picked up all his fishermen. <laughs>
1: the fishermen is where he picked up his fishermen. Hey, you guys. Yeah, the, the, his first dece- when he chooses the disciple, not just the not just as they met him and encountered him, but when he calls them mm-hmm. come follow me, he's walking along the shores of the sea of Galilee. So it's it's in and around Capernaum. Capernaum's where uh Peter, Simon, and Andrew are from. Okay. James and John maybe as well. Right. Okay. So, um Here's the thing, though, that just going a little bit deeper, the other benefit, if you will, of moving to um, from Nazareth to Capernaum is it's basically like living on a town that you get to by dirt township roads okay. to a town that's right on the interstate.
0: Capernaum was right on the interstate. Capernaum's
1: right. Okay. Literally, there was what, what some scholars call the international highway. There was an inter, a highway, really? if you will, yeah, okay. that, um, I mean, that's how Herod got around in his Lamborghini.
2: Right, um, right, of course. Like,
1: from Africa <laughs> to Asia to Europe, actually, there was this, and it, and it ran right around the Sea of Galilee, right okay. outside of Capernaum. Okay. So Jesus also strategically has moved from someplace like the, the the hick town in the sticks that you can only get to uh, in a four wheel truck um, sounds like my whole town. Whole
3: town.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to now he's moved to an, uh, a a city mm-hmm. that's just off of the interstate right? or on, in a sense as we would describe it on the interstate what's going to happen as a result of that
0: well he's going to come across more people and uh, he can get to other places faster
1: what <laughs> So why is it the right? last, the last verse of the gospel, <laughs> uh, the reading for today, his fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. So people oh, are sure. are like, nobody went to Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Like Nazareth, you, you, the only reason to go to Nazareth is because you need to go to Nazareth. Right. But just like uh, a town along the interstate, you might stop for to eat or to, to overnight hotel stay or to get gas. Mm-hmm. And you're pumping gas. Hey, did you hear about the guy? No, what happened? And then you go to the next town and you hey back in whatever. Right. That's what was happening as Jesus begins to do his thing okay. in in Capernaum. Were because they're right on literally a highway, uh, whatever that looked like at the time, it wasn't concrete, <laughs> right? No. It. Um, that, well
0: it might have had potholes, but <laughs>
1: right, right, <maybe. laughs> But word starts to travel about it because Jesus, I mean, he does preach to the crowds, but crowds, we're talking about a few thousand people. And yet, somehow, when you read the Gospels, within a short period of time, everybody's heard about Jesus of Nazareth. Mm -hmm. Why? How? Because he moved his headquarters to a place where everybody starts to hear about him and word spreads from there. So the good news of Jesus starts to travel from Capernaum.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. All right, today on the show I have with me Deacon Tim Dickus and his wife, Julie. I didn't ask you before you came in. Tim or Timothy? Uh, Tim is fine. Tim, okay, good. Good, so we are going to talk to uh, these two about the life of a deacon, why he became a deacon, Um, his his prison ministry, and we'll talk to Julie about what's it like to be married to a deacon and just whatever else we can come up with. So thank you guys for being here. It's our delight. All right. So you are um, members at Cathedral Parish. I know I see you when we do TV Mass with the bishop. Mm -hmm. So people have probably seen you uh, on TV, doing Sunday TV Mass many times.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Can you guys give us a little background about yourselves, how you met, your family, where you grew up, things like that?
3: Sure. Uh, Julie and I have been married uh, 11 and a half years. Okay. Oh, we each are in our second marriage. Okay. And um, I have two children uh, and Julie has two children. And you know, we've uh, been living in Sioux Falls uh, that whole time since uh, we were married. And um, as you say, members of the Cathedral Parish. And um, so yes, it's uh, it's been a, just a wonderful time uh, to um uh, be in um, a loving uh, marriage where we can have like-minded uh, faith and um, and live out that faith.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that was really a big key for you guys uh, this time around. Yeah, Julie. Mm-hmm. To-
2: Having a second chance.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm.
2: a sacramental marriage has been
0: a gift. Good, good. Did you always live in Sioux Falls? Like, did you meet here, or did you meet somewhere else?
3: Oh, uh, we uh, met in Yankton actually. Okay. Yes, uh, we were both living down there, and. Um, um, we actually uh, were uh, members of the same um, charismatic prayer group, okay. and uh, that's uh, actually where we uh, had initial contact with one another.
0: Yes. Okay. So, yeah, here's this, this thing that uh, <laughs> Julie said, how did you know about that? So this the charismatic prayer group, I'm very curious about that because I know very little mm-hmm. about the charismatic movement. Um, could one of you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Julie was going to expound on that a little bit. And, uh, okay.
0: On that. Yeah.
2: Um, in the late 80s, I made a Crescio weekend. Okay. Which, um, as being raised a devout Catholic in a devout Catholic family, um, we went to church. We did all the things. My parents were in Knights of Columbus, Catholic daughters. Um, but that personal relationship with Jesus wasn't there. Our family Bible was this big white Bible on the coffee table and things like that. No one like ever that. touched on huh? No. And... <laughs> So the Crisil was really uh, an eye-opener for me as having a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people were involved with the charismatic movement. And so I was invited to go to a Life in in the Spirit seminar. And so there was a fire rally at the arena.
0: Okay. And
2: Ralph Martin and Sister Ann Shields and others came. And Bishop Dudley was there, and he celebrated Mass. And so... After that, I was invited to a Life in the Spirit seminar. Okay. And I was uncomfortable, uneasy, but um, Bishop Dudley was giving the first talk. And he was such a loving shepherd, but really fatherly, and I trusted him. Mm -hmm. And so I went. Mm -hmm. And so I was involved with the Messengers of Good News prayer group, and then um, later on the Bread of Life prayer group. And then I moved to Yankton, and there was a Yahweh Shalom prayer group.
0: Okay, okay. I've heard that, of that one, I think. Yeah. yeah,
2: and they had conferences, big conferences, like mm-hmm. Father Benedict Rochelle was there and lots mm-hmm. of people like that. And so that's where Tim and I originally met. There was a whole group of us. They were in their life in the spirit. And so.
0: It sounds like a really um, active mm-hmm. group. And mm-hmm. they're still they're still doing stuff now, correct? Mm-hmm. They still do conferences? Yes. They have mm-hmm. a yearly Every conference. Year. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought I had seen that come through uh, the bulletin. If I remember right, that we've mm-hmm. gotten some things from them, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, do they? You can be any age mm-hmm. like, to mm-hmm. do that, right? You can mm-hmm. just go check it out. Yeah.
3: Yes, absolutely. And uh, really, what what it does is help you to um, come to a deeper deeper understanding of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially those gifts that we can use uh, in our ministry. And and so as now, we we don't actively Uh, participate in a prayer group, but we still use the gifts that God has given us uh, through the charismatic movement to help us minister uh, in the prison.
0: Yeah, that's really important because I think a lot of us, we've heard these gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we don't really like Mm -hmm. try to do anything with them, and and we really need to as Catholics. Um, Okay, so uh, Deacon, you, the way I understand it, had some experience before you became a deacon in the prison system. Is that right? You worked in the Correct. prison system. Okay. Yes. Can you tell me about that?
3: Sure. So I was uh, in the federal system. Um, so the federal bureau of prisons in Yankton has a facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I actually worked there, uh, 21 years. Oh, wow. And, and, uh, the federal system's a little bit different than the DOC. Uh, so, um, we're, we're all correctional officers first in the federal system, but, uh, you also have, uh, your other primary job. So I was in mechanical services. So okay. I was actually an electrician, electronics technician. Okay. I took care of all of the, the things that kept people in facility, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then I became the facility manager. So I had oversight of the buildings and grounds there, okay. uh, and did that for the last 15 years. And so I I had the experience of running details, running inmates, uh, you know. And uh, but then as I became uh, the facility manager, then I oversaw the the individuals um, who maintain the facility. Okay. So
0: so you had a lot of experience there. Okay. We'll talk about. I kind of want to see uh, talk about how that's connected to your current ministry. But let's sure. first let's start at the. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Sure, right. Sure. <laughs> well, so. How long ago did you become a deacon?
3: As, uh, I was uh, ordained in uh, May of 2018.
0: Okay, so it hasn't been that long.
3: No. Okay, no. what
0: made you decide to do this?
3: Uh, well, primarily it was uh, was God. Uh, okay.
0: That's good. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to to kind of get to this, so I won't go clear to the beginning, but kind of pick it up where uh, things got interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I had uh, numerous people asking me uh, if I'd ever, ever considered to be a deacon. One of them our our pastor at the parish uh, at the parish I was at at the time, and and I would always say, uh, no, God is not calling me to be a deacon. Mm-hmm. You know, simply because of fear. I was oh, okay. I was afraid of uh, all of the things that being a deacon would require of me, and so people would be encouraging me to look into it, and I would always give them the same answer and so i just put it out of my mind and uh uh, shortly thereafter julie and i were married and uh, uh, i moved to sioux falls where she was living and i would meet with a friend of mine and uh, we'd kind of hold each other accountable as men you know Mm -hmm. and so we just have a, a bible study and such and he had just gone to mass that morning and we were meeting uh just a little bit later And uh, when he came into my home, he sat down and he had a really strange look on his face. And I said, "Uh, so what's wrong with you? And he said, God spoke to me at Mass. And I said, really, what did he say? And he pointed directly at me and he said, he wants you to be open to becoming a deacon. And he had no idea because I I had told no one about this, you know. And so at that point, it felt like somebody hit me between the eyes with a two by four and my eyes were open, and I realized that I had been uh, resisting God's will for my life. And uh, He said I had turned white as a sheet, and I uh, and I, I probably can imagine, yes. I, I probably stopped breathing for a short time as well. Uh, so I took that as a sign that I needed to um, begin to look into the the whole process, and so I did. I. I, I spoke with the formation director, and he says, well, it sounds to me like you ought to at least apply. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I applied and began the interview process, and uh, this went on for a year. And during that first few months, uh, just to affirm what the Lord was telling me, he would send these little old ladies to me <laughs> frequently, and they, I didn't even know who they were, <laughs> and they'd come up to me and they say, we think you ought to be a deacon. <laughs> <laughs> and it even got to the point where it was becoming comical because, I mean, they would just come up. We'd go to a party, <laughs> and this lady would come up, you know. And so I said, okay, yes, Lord, I'm in. All right. I'm going through the process. Well, it got all the way up until the final scrutiny. I was approved. And when it went to bishop, the bishop said no.
0: <laughs> okay. So now wait a second. So you had to start thinking somebody's putting all these people up to this at some point, especially yeah. when now the bishop says no. <laughs> You're like, yeah, absolutely. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, so
3: at this point, I'm scratching my head, you know, like, okay. Uh, but actually, I was relieved. I, I So I figured, well, God was just testing me, you know, to see if I was all in. Are you, you know?
0: listening? <laughs> exactly.
3: And so what I did was um, I just said, uh, well, uh, well, we'll just chalk that one up as uh, an experience for um, trusting in the Lord, and and so we just went on with our lives. And three years later, then we get a, a letter from the formation director again, and he says we're starting another class. You have thirty days to give me an understanding of whether or not you want to join, you know, or, or uh-huh. apply again. And uh, of course, I began to freak out once again. <laughs> and so I said to Julie, I said, "This is a this is a life changing thing. So we have to pray intently about it." So. For thirty days, uh, we did a holy hour each day for that intention. You know, Lord, okay, yeah. Lord you want us to do this, and then uh, I'll let uh, Julie kind of take over from here because she she is the one that instigated uh, this yep. next step.
0: <laughs> Good job, Julie.
2: <laughs> sure, sure. Well, first of all, um, when he said he told no one about him. God calling him to be a deacon or asking him to be a deacon. He didn't even tell me. Oh, wow.
0: He really meant no one. <laughs> yeah. And so
2: later on, I said, why didn't you tell me? And he said, because I wasn't going to be a deacon. Right. So the day that I came home after this, he met with Cullen. Um, he said to me um, what happened. And he said, I think I need to check this out. And my first instinct was, no. We had just been married maybe oh, a year and a yeah. half. Yeah. But it was it was fleeting. It was just for a few seconds, and the thought came to me: if God's calling him to do this, how can I say no? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the wife is the one that has the final yes. She has says yes or no at the very end okay. before he could be ordained. But it became a beautiful experience. We learned about our each other, about our faith, yeah. Um, the fellowship with the other couples, the fraternity that we have that will be lifetime is mm-hmm. beautiful. So
3: so back to the 30 days.
2: Back to the 30 days. Um, <laughs> about 20 days in to the Holy Hours, um, I thought, I'm going to check what feast day it is on the 30th oh, day. Oh, sure. And I went to it, and it's the Feast of St. Lawrence, who what? happens to be the patron saint
0: of Odeacon. deacons.
2: <laughs> and I called him at work, and I said, guess what? And I said, it's the 30th day is the is Saint Lawrence's feast day and it's our sign Tim. it's our sign and he goes I need more. <laughs> he was still going
0: to He needed that. Yeah,
2: he yeah, needed it between yeah. the eyes again, but I knew for sure that
1: <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. it
2: really yeah. just gave us freedom and grace to enjoy yeah. the formation and Yeah.
3: And I should clarify too that uh, the reason why uh, Bishop Swain said no, and it was with great wisdom, we could see uh, later on uh, that he wanted five years of established marriage before oh, you sure. enter, enter into That's formation. That's a good idea. Yes, it because is. our marriage, I feel, would have really struggled without that five years. Yeah. Uh, and so that was why he said no. I, I had to have five years of marriage
0: before yeah. I could enter. That was you're right. That was a good good on him there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a very cool story. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) All right. So now that you are a deacon, I know that uh, your ministry as a deacon is in prison ministry. Mm -hmm. Did you choose that because of your background? Does the bishop choose that for you? I don't know how this works. So tell me that.
3: So again, uh, another interesting story. Um, So we have a prison practicum during formation. Mm -hmm. So six months of either um, in the prison, the jail, or juvenile detention is where we were able to go and uh actually i was struggling with this aspect of it because of my working Mm -hmm. in the federal system Uh, because in the federal system you you don't defend an inmate you don't have any sort of uh interaction with them you know to the extent you would if you're ministering to them And uh, so I was praying through it, and I felt the Lord said, "Go to the jail because it it's not as intense as as the prison. You know, prison oh, would be sure. more like where I came from. The jail they uh, they at least are still innocent until they're mm-hmm. proven guilty. Uh, and so I contacted Father Ramos, and uh, it was interesting. the first time we met, I sat down with him, and he looks at me and he says, "You're the one that's going to take my place here at the jail." <laughs> and I'm thinking. Oh, who is this guy?
0: Everybody yeah. seems to know what, yeah. what you need to do, right? He obviously
3: has no <laughs> prophetic instinct at all, you know. And so, uh, so I uh, began working with him, and uh, after the six months of the practicum, I could see that he was overwhelmed, and uh, so I got permission from my formation director to continue to work at the, um, you know, at the jail. Mm-hmm. But but just to back that up, it took a tremendous. Uh-huh.
0: There's only six minutes. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about that. It's just
3: a, It was just Go tremendous ahead. grace to allow me uh, to overcome my um, obstacles of working in the federal system and then be able to work in the jail yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. So. Um, so, as a deacon, you really have to just be open to wherever things take you because it sounds like you've really had to set aside the things that you thought you wanted.
3: Yes. Yes, very much so, and that's one of the arguments the Lord and I had several times. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of wrestling going on. <laughs> <laughs> there was,
3: and and it was difficult until I just finally said, "Okay, Lord, um, I'm done. This yeah. is all yours. Yeah, whatever th- you want."
0: I think that's good. I'm sure that's been good for your marriage too, for him to be settled mm-hmm. in what he's doing, and mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, how's it been being a deacon's wife so far? Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful.
2: Good. Um, There's a grace that comes with it. Um, When we were in formation, there was a couple that came and spoke to us, a deacon and his wife, and the wife spoke to us wives. She talked about the graces that come from ordination, their husband's ordination to the wife because we're one, Mm -hmm. and the sacrament of matrimony is our first vocation. And um, it's so true. The grace is there. We just need to embrace it. And so our life. Uh, has changed, yeah. but our marriage has been strengthened yeah.
0: through mm-hmm. it. It's changed in a good way. In a good way. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so when they were overwhelmed at the jail, Father Ramos and Tim discerned to um, ask me to, to see the ladies at the at oh, the jail. So I started nice. training under Tim, and a priest friend of ours told us um, that he thought we should minister together as a couple. huh. And so... That's what we've stayed doing. I as didn't a know couple. you were doing
0: that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, that's got to be really interesting. It's
2: beautiful. Yeah. And it's, um, at first, we didn't tell them we were married, but then, like, <laughs> men would say, I want what you have. And we realized that they just understood we were married. Sure. But mm-hmm. we kind of become mom and dad sometimes. Yeah. One time we walked into a dorm and there's like 40 guys and they're all around. And we walked in and someone said, Grandpa and Grandma are here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that was not didn't sit well
3: with them. Yeah, You're they, like I, I don't know
0: now. <laughs> they didn't get
3: any rosaries that night.
0: Well, so. what a good example that can be for. Uh, I'm sure some of these men and women may have had spouses at home that are mm-hmm. maybe waiting for them, and sure. a good example for them to be able to uh, take in while they're mm-hmm. there. So, has there been anything during your your time as a deacon and, and ministering there that's really stood out to you?
3: Sure. So being able to minister the, the sacrament of baptism to my grandson, that was a special time. Yeah. yeah.
0: How long ago was that?
3: Well, that was shortly after I was ordained. Okay. Uh, so I've been in the fall of uh, 18. Okay. Yeah.
0: Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. nice to be able to do all those things for your family. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And be that guy. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, let's see. We have about a minute left. Um, what are some ways, Julie? I kind of want you to answer this if you would. Uh, you guys are obviously very faith-filled. Um, do a lot with your with your Catholic faith. So, what are some ways that you share your faith with others, besides the prison ministry?
2: So, before even before we knew each other, we were both teaching confirmation. Mm-hmm.
0: Then
2: we taught Saint, uh, at St. Catherine Drexel. We taught RCIA for two years, which was oh, wow. a gift. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. But we realized that all of that was in preparation for jail ministry oh, because sure. we are taking people through our CIA. We've mm-hmm. had two people become Catholic in jail and receive their first oh, nice. confession and communion there with the help of Father Jeff and Father Ramos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching, bringing them back to their faith. They haven't been to confession for years, and then Father Jeff will come in and hear their confession and then yep. we can bring them communion.
0: Yep.
2: So as far as parish life and helping... Um, since we spend four or five days with ministry and then following up with our jail inmates at prison after they've gone to prison, mm-hmm. um, we don't do uh, parish ministry, so to speak.
0: Sure. You're kind of, you're pretty busy. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like you guys really have a great thing. I wouldn't have ever thought about having a couple like that do that prison ministry, but it's yeah. got to be very effective. That way,
3: yes, it it helps us uh, to be able to uh, reach them in a manner that maybe they wouldn't have been comfortable sharing before.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Do you work with Father Norfolk a lot?
3: Yes. Yeah. So he oversees uh, both the prison and the jail ministries, mm-hmm. uh, but I primarily do the ministering. Julie and I in the jail, and uh, he takes care of the prison. But okay. we do help each other out. Sure,
0: yeah. sure. That's awesome. Well, I could talk to you guys for a lot longer, but we're pretty much out of time. So thank you so much for being with us today. Um, and I hope that your prison ministry continues to bear a lot of fruit. Thank so you. thanks thank for you. being here. All right. Next week, I don't know who's going to be here yet, so it'll be a surprise to all of us. The Lord will bring us someone. Um, uh, if you want to see us on video, you can find these uh, on YouTube if you don't want to hear it just on radio. So you can go to SF Diocese at our YouTube channel and see uh, see Deacon Dickus and his wife Julie there too. Uh, That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic (music) news.